Welcome to the Fairway Performance Podcast. My aim for this podcast is to have conversations or to record solo episodes like the one I'm doing today to help you improve your golf, your fitness, and your health. And I'm your host, Sean Dykoff. Now, in today's episode, I'm going to get around to talking about should you be working on strength or speed? And this is a topic that has come up recently with some clients who or leads for my business who have downloaded the 30 yards in 30 days swing speed training guide. And they've told me uh, they're not getting the kind of results that they thought they would um, because they've already been doing a whole lot of this training before, or they're getting amazing results and exceeding what they thought they would get because they haven't done much of this training before. And now that they're starting to do it, they're starting to notice some significant changes. And I thought it would really open a conversation to talk about uh, the difference between strength and speed work and just why it's important to know which one you should be focusing on for the limited time and attention that we can you know, spend in the gym to get the results that we want to get from our programming. So uh, I'll start off with uh, why is it important to know Uh, should you be working on strength or speed and why will it benefit you? Now, it's important to know because if you want to make gains in a particular area, you need to know where your weaknesses or where your inabilities or uh, your weak spots lie, essentially. And if we know where they are, then we can create a program or we can create some training stimulus around that in order to increase that to the levels at which everything else is, and that will increase your overall level of ability, speed, strength, whatever it might be. So it's important to know that because otherwise we're just sort of shooting blindly and it's it can be hard to know which one to work on if you haven't got the tools or the knowledge or just any idea about training and programming, etc., or even testing to find out what these things are that you can be working on. So uh, I want to break down some of those things today. But essentially, why will it benefit you? Uh, One, it's going to make you way more efficient with your time because instead of doing, you know, five to 10 different things in the gym to focus on all of the stuff, you can literally cut out some of that work and focus only on the things that are going to make you progress in a certain area that you're trying to target. Um, For example, if someone's trying to gain muscle or build muscle, um, they're probably not going to do certain things in the gym and they're probably going to stick to more hypertrophy training or, you know, muscle building type of training, uh, sets and reps and movements, which are going to help foster that, uh, you know, growth for the goal that they have. So the next thing is you can just work on things that are only going to get you the results. So I know I sort of said that um, being more efficient in your time has sort of led into this second one, but um, you can cut down on the time you spend in the gym because you're only focusing on the things that are going to get you the results. And by focusing only on the things that are going to get you results, we move into the third benefit, which is you can measure and track the progress of that over time. Because while some things we may not see much progress with in the gym, if it's a weakness of ours or an area for improvement, then chances are you're going to see some measurable and noticeable gains or changes over time. So it would be in your best interest to track those so that you can see the progress, which is then just going to exponentially make you want to do more of that work because you're seeing progress there, you're making gains, you're getting results. So uh, it's going to motivate you to stay uh, accountable and 
to stay committed and, and focused on actually following the program. So hopefully that just explains a little bit about why I, I think it's important that people actually know the differences and know what they should be working on. Now, the difference in the two. So <clears throat> when we talk about strength, we're talking about your capacity to lift a weight or your ability to lift a weight. And when we're talking about speed, we're talking about the rate at which you can move that thing, whether it's a golf club, a barbell, uh, anything like that. So speed is a rate at which something moves. So strength is important in the fact that it will uh, prevent injuries, it will help us build muscle, it will just help us be a more robust and less injury-prone person over time. And what it also does is increases our upper limit or upper threshold for the speed that we can create because someone who is stronger has the ability to move faster. So that's a, a super important point there. The next thing, so why uh, why speed work? So speed work involves coordinating strength efforts and being able to move and fire those muscles really quickly. So it helps us become more athletic, more coordinated, and just create more force in a shorter space of time, which is obviously going to help with you know, chopping out a rough, chopping out of the sand, driving the ball further, getting more uh, compression in our irons and hitting better iron shots and that type of thing. So that's, uh, that's the difference between speed and strength and sort of why we need to focus on each of them. The next thing, so <clears throat> what are the tests? So this is the this is getting down to sort of the, the finer points of it, but talking about um, how to identify whether you are going to need to work on speed or whether you're going to need to work on strength. And the two things that we can talk about here, one is there's a, a power assessment, a power assessment that's done by the TPI Institute, um, which I am trained to do. I've done the power and speed course and also... Um, the strength course uh, or the, the fitness course which involves the strength components um, and also the level one um, mobility and, and movement assessment so the with the speed and power so there's four different tests that we utilize to test someone's overall power and assess whether it's an area which we can get some benefit from them actually you know following a program around this and um, you know, finding out where their sort of baseline level is for, for power. Now, the first test is a seated chest pass. And this one just involves a medicine ball. And essentially, from a seated position, we're just throwing the ball as far as we can. And what we're doing here is we're measuring upper body and core power. And dependent on how far you throw that ball, um, I haven't got all the numbers and statistics and everything in front of me, um, but they're not very hard to find on TPI's website. But there's norms that they found for uh, PGA Tour players and for normal golfers, and they've come up with a, a level that you know you should have between 18 to potentially 22 feet. You should be able to throw this ball. Um, and for a lot of um, for a lot of these um, tests, what they're doing is testing that you can throw it that far. And if you aren't able to throw it that far, then it means that you would get benefit from doing the power work and if they're if you are throwing it that far then potentially strength work is where you can focus and then it'll help you develop or foster the ability to then even exceed that number in the test even further so 
Um, sorry for the little sidetrack there, but the, the seated chest pass is the first test. The next test you're going to do for speed and power is a sit up and throw, essentially holding a medicine ball above your head, doing a sit up and then throwing the ball from an overhead position. So similar to um, throwing in in a, a like a throw in for soccer or, or football, whatever you call it in your part of the world, um, but throwing it from overhead. And this one is just testing for core power. The next one is a vertical jump or vertical leap. And essentially what we're testing here is leg and core power. And this one's, <coughs> excuse me, this one's from a, seat, a standing, not a seated, a standing position. And you're just standing up and jumping up as high as you can. And obviously there's different levels um, at which if you can jump that high, then it, it exceeds the, um, the power test and you're okay. If you're not, then obviously some jump work or some plyometric type training, explosive work with the legs is going to improve your ability to do that and um, and drive us up on that chart. Uh, and then the last one is a baseline shot. And this one is a total body power movement. So essentially you're putting it all together and you're coordinating efforts of a little bit of rotation and a shot put type movement. So if you imagine with this one, it's um, similar to like someone doing a shot put at the Olympics um, with you know no spinning in it um, to develop momentum. It's just like a, a standing on the spot, um, crouching or tucking towards one side and on a little bit of an angle and then throwing upwards and outwards and pressing that ball away from you. So like a, a shot put uh, throw. Now, this one... Uh, because it does involve that coordination and, and um, multiple parts moving to, in order to throw that, um, they call this one a total body test. And we do it each side. And with this one, uh, while we are looking for length and how far you can throw that medicine ball, we're also looking for any major disparity between um, between sides. Because if you've got a huge disparity between left and right, obviously there's some sort of a um, imbalance there in the body and it's something that can be addressed and it's going to make you more athletic by being more um, equal on either side uh, and obviously less prone to injury and just help with all the other stuff that we're doing in training now the next one so that's all of our speed tests the next ones are our strength tests and with these ones so what we're what we're looking at here is your ability to move weight, so uh, in a pulling movement and a pressing movement, in a squatting movement and a dynamometer, which is a grip strength test. So what we're looking at here is that, uh, so for a single arm press, we're doing it using a cable machine and we're testing what our eight rep max uh, weight is. So whatever we can press for eight reps uh, as a maximum effort, and we're looking that we can do it um, for at least 25% of our body weight. We want to be able to press eight times at least 25% of our body weight in order for us to be essentially, you know, strong enough um, to you know perform a good golf swing, to not get injured when we do it, and um, just so that strength isn't a limiting factor for us. It might be we might look down the realms of um, of speed and power and, and go down the speed and power route for testing. So um, the same uh, applies for the single arm pull test. So instead of pressing um, one arm away from us using the cable machine, uh, this time we're doing it pulling towards us. Um, so sort of like a row, almost like an inverted row. Uh, and here we're looking for eight reps again, uh, and we're looking for about 30% of our body weight. So being able to pull to our chest 
Um, so from full arm extended all the way to our chest for eight reps, at least 30% of our body weight. Uh, that's the, the pull and the press. The next one is the, the split squat uh, test. And what we're looking at for this one is we want to do a dumbbell split squat. So if we were to stand there and then put one leg forward and one leg back uh, and then lunge down onto the back knee touching the floor and at such a, um, an angle that the front leg hits 90 degrees, we're testing that uh, we can um, eight rep max squat 150% of our body weight. So um, 50% would be dumbbell weight and then 100% would obviously be our body weight. Uh, so depending on you know how much we load up with the dumbbells is how much we um, obviously load up in total for our body. And we're looking that we can do eight reps of at least 150% of our body weight um, to determine that we are, you know, strength is not a deficiency in the legs. Uh, the next test is the dynamometer. And this one is like, they call it the squeeze test. And essentially, it's hard to get your hands on a dynamometer. But if you do have access to one, then what we're looking for here is, or what the average tour player can do with this one is 50 kilograms each hand of, um, of pressure through squeezing. So if you do have access to that, amazing. Um, some other ways that I've tested people's grip strength is a bar hang and just hanging from a pull-up bar and making sure they can hang for at least 30 seconds, just like a dead weight um, supporting their body underneath the bar, um, or even if they can hold them, themselves for 10 to 15 seconds with one hand um, in a dead hang is, is also really good as well. So um, that, that's just a little um, side note to... Um, the dynamometer test just in case you don't have access to one and, and you wanted to give it a try and just see whether your grip strength uh, is something which is a limiting factor for you. Um, cool, so <clears throat> pull test, press test, split squat and dynamometer and sort of the weights that we're looking for in each of those. Obviously the pull test is testing our pulling strength, the press test is press, uh, testing our pressing strength, split squats is testing our leg strength, uh, and posterior chain uh, and dynamometer is testing our grip strength so uh, four areas there if we see one of them is weaker then obviously we can uh, adjust the programming as necessary in order to bring that uh, strength level up in that area that we're showing a bit of um, a bit of weakness in or a bit of uh, deficiency in so the last point I want to talk about is uh, adjusting your program for best results so what the, what the professionals are able to do in a lot of sports is they're able to hire professionals to run them through a battery of these sorts of tests and find out where their you know, areas of weakness or deficiency are as the, the terms that I've been using throughout this episode. But once they know where those areas are, if they improve those, then it's only going to improve their overall performance on the course or on the court or the field or wherever they're playing uh, through whatever sport they're playing. So... Uh, and for professionals, their margin for improvement is significantly lower than what ours is. So uh, what I mean by saying that is uh, their training age is generally quite high because they've reached a high level of sport and they've done some sort of gym work or they've been very athletic and followed a program for their whole life or played their sport for their whole life. So their ability to improve is diminishing as time goes on because they're getting to the top level of their sport. So um, for example, Steph Curry is not going to make significant like 
20, 30, 40% gains in his, his shooting ability. Um, but someone like me, who shoots maybe 10% from the three-point line uh, in practice versus Steph shooting 80% in practice, um, you know, I can make a whole lot more improvement than what he can. So when your training age is lower, you've obviously got to, uh, it's a lot easier, like everything you touch, you're pretty much going to start to make gains. So the the thing that I want you to think about here is as you progress with your training and you start to notice a, a diminishing return on certain parts of your training, you start to think about either seeing someone to do these tests or finding out you know, how is my strength? How is my speed? How is this? How is that? Like, how is my pull versus push? And just locate areas within either your own training program or within your, um, or your own ability or realms of ability so that you can then target the ones which are holding you back or potentially holding you back because they're weaker than the others. And, uh, a term I like to use here is a rising tide floats all boats or floats all ships, however you want to term it. But essentially, if we can raise the tide from the things that we're the worst at, then all the other boats are going to come up at the same time. It's not like that only that one thing is going to improve because um, we're not going to just completely ignore the rest of the stuff in our training. We're still going to do a base level of everything, but there's going to be a bit more emphasis, like maybe more sets and reps or we do a certain exercise first in our sessions so that we are less tired doing that than before, uh, than, than doing it after other things and, and we're more tired and we get less from it. So um, we can either, um, when talking about adjusting your program, we can make it really biased towards something, like really biased towards upper body versus lower body uh, in strength work. Um, we can make it really speed and power focused and do a very little amount of strength work um, if it's the coordination and ability to move quickly, that is your limiting factor. Um, we can also include different things, like there can be more mobility in your sessions because you're not very mobile, you can't reach really good positions, so mobility is the key first, and then we can start moving into strength work, and then once the strength builds up, then we can start moving into speed and power. And that's the general progression that I like to follow with a more mature golfer who has never really been to the gym before is yeah mobility strength and speed and power uh, and core rotation falls in the in the middle there in some way uh, in every single session but the um, some other training variables I guess that you can um, adjust uh, aside from you know prioritizing things at different time of it at different times of it is uh, moving away from doing you know, five sets of five or three sets of five or five sets of three, something like that, where it's a low amount of uh, uh, reps per set and it's a higher weight. Um, if you know strength is not a problem, then we, we don't really need to be focusing in there. So we can be focusing more on you know 10 sets of two and that can help us build a bit more speed and power because while the weight's going up, we're recruiting more motor units by going heavier uh, and increasing the volume there. Uh, and that's just going to give us more exposure to that, uh, which will hopefully then uh, help us develop more speed and power in the future. So um, I know that last part hasn't been super structured in the way that I've delivered it here. Um, but if you have any questions on that or, you know, just want some general advice around that or um, you know, any questions at all, um, you can email me, sean at fairwayperformance.com or sean.dykoff on Instagram. And if you yeah, submit a question in there, then I generally answer that via 
um, just sending you a voice note uh, as that's the, the quickest way to respond to the to the volume of messages I get each week um, from golfers asking questions like these. But um, e- each person's going to have their own um, slight deficiencies or slight areas of weakness. So I, I, th- I think it's so, so important for you to just figure out what they are and know what they are so that you can go and work on them. Um, for me, historically, it's been the like moving more towards like a one rep max weight is where I uh, am very weak and I'm not, or it's my deficiency. I'm not necessarily weak with it. I can lift a, a decent weight or squat a decent weight, but it's the fact that <clears throat> when I get to that upper range, I really fail fast. Like I go from, you know, say, just for example numbers, um, like say my max squat was 100 kilograms or 100 pounds, whatever uh, unit you want to use. Um, I can, you know, back squat five reps at that. Then I go to 110 pounds. I can do three reps at that. And then I go to 115 pounds and I can only do one rep there. And I go to 120 and I just fail. Um, So whereas with normal, uh, someone with a more normal dispersion of um, ability to lift those heavier weights, they could probably go up to somewhere like the 130 or 140 pounds, and that would be their one rep max. Um, and they're just better at, you know, recruiting the motor units required to uh, lift that weight uh, versus me, I'm not so good. Whereas when I go and look at my plyometric work, I have a very, very high vertical leap, um, very explosive with other things. So for me, working on that higher uh, weight of squat is going to be more beneficial to helping everything else raise versus just always going and doing, you know, three sets of five or five sets of three um, or, you know, five sets of 10 to 12 reps or eight to 12 reps and doing hypertrophy work. Um, but there still is a need for those things to happen in my week of training because I want to increase my overall muscle mass and I want to increase my overall um, strength but it needs to be more the upper threshold strength that I'm increasing versus the lower uh, or the the more reps, I should say, um, versus the lower amount of reps, which is where I should focus my time. So um, anyway, my hope that after this today, it's uh, just made you see that there is a difference between a strength deficit or a speed deficit or, or difference in those. And if you can identify where that is, then we can really target and hone your training into improving that thing that you're not as good at. And then once we do that, then obviously we're going to see improvements uh, in obviously time efficiency. So we don't have to spend as much time in the gym to get the same, if not better results from our training. Or um, it we just see performance improvements on the course because we're able to focus on the areas which we really need to versus just doing everything for the sake of it, um, whether we actually can um, get benefit from it or not. So anyway, I hope uh, I hope this episode's helped, guys. Um, the last thing I'll say is just a quick plug for the Fairway Performance Training app. If you haven't already, you can jump on through the link in the show notes here or there's a link in my bio on my Instagram. You can get yourself a seven-day free trial of the app. The app I've created to really mirror for a low cost what I do with my individual clients and that's to show people when they first sign up to the app, the first thing they're going to get um, shown uh, as they log in is a mobility self-assessment so they can work out where their areas of limitation are in mobility. Underneath that, if you've got any swing faults, uh, early extension, over the top, flat shoulder plane, any of those types of things, 
you can look at which swing fault you identify with the most and then you can go and follow some mini mobility programs within there to work on those things and they may just match up with the mobility self-assessment recommendations that I give at the end of that. And then from there, down the bottom of the app on the on the home screen there is a, the strength and core and power training program. So that's where the 101, 202, 303 and the full gym strength and conditioning programs are laid out in there. Um, and there's plenty of those to follow. I'm in the process of building out more at the moment and filming more content to put into those and, and more movements and different exercises. So you can look forward if you're already an app user to seeing more of those in the future or more programs pop up there in the future. Um, but in the meantime, any questions, sean.dykoff on Instagram, sean at fairwayperformance.com. Um, until next week, guys, I hope you play some good golf this week or this weekend, whenever it is that you're getting a hit. Uh, And I'll talk to you guys all next week.